Good morning, Living Faith Church. Uh, welcome to the sanctuary. I'm, aren't you glad that Jesus is in this room? Amen. Uh, not only is he in this building, but he's in your living room, your kitchen, your bedroom, wherever you're watching this today. Jesus is there, and we're so thankful that wherever he is, is holy ground. So believe it or not, you may be in your PJs, you may be just be hanging out in your, uh, with your cup of coffee in hand, and where he is, is holy ground. And I'm thankful uh, that you're able to connect with us today. I'm glad that you're joining with us. Uh, we are still in what we are and where we are in this situation. Uh, more news to come from us soon. We're hoping to get together again real soon in the sanctuary. But until then, uh, we'll continue to broadcasting live on Facebook. And we ask you to join us. Uh, pay attention to the Facebook page. We'll share news and information as we move forward. Amen. Uh, such a, such, it's, been a, it's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy month. Uh, and but you know what? We're still here. And God's still God. He's still in control. And he still wants the best for our lives. So I want to share a message with you this morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, beginning at verse 16. First Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. Rejoice always. Man, that's a terrible way to start in 2020, is it not? The Bible's telling us rejoice always, but that's what it tells us here in First Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God for Christ Jesus for you. And one more verse I want to read to you in Psalm 118, uh, verse 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for this time of worship. Uh, we thank you, even though it was recorded, uh, we still felt the power and the anointing of God as, you, as we get to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, I ask you right now to be with us and connect us in what seemingly is an unconnected world. Uh, may we find ways to connect with each other uh, spiritually and emotionally and physically. Um, give us opportunities, open doors, and give us ideas, uh, Lord, that Living Faith Church can still be bonded together in unity. Uh, bless this word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. I want to share a message with you this morning simply titled, Thanksgiving Every Day. Thanksgiving every day. You know, the Bible here in First Thessalonians chapter 5 says rejoice always. It's very first... Uh, Stands at very first words in that verse in verse 16 tells us we need to rejoice always. And of course, it reminds us Philippians, right, where it says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Uh, the Bible is always reminding us that we need to rejoice. The Bible is always reminding us. Uh, but it goes on to say in those verses uh, that we're supposed to be thankful. We're supposed to have a thankful and a grateful heart. And then I, I wanted to, to tap into Psalm 118 that this is the day that the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. It's Thanksgiving week. Yes, it is. It's Thanksgiving week. It's Turkey Day. It's football. It's pumpkin pie. It's Black Friday. This is what this week was supposed to be. Yet here in 2020, we're being told to limit the number of people in your household. Don't go shopping. That we need to cancel Thanksgiving. This is the media's message. This is the governor's messages. And it discourages us. If we're honest, that discourages us. That's, and my first advice to you is to turn off the TV. My first advice to you is maybe you need to put Facebook down or Twitter down or your social media down for a little bit this week. I challenge you this week to disconnect from that. If it's discouraging you, if it's bringing you down, I challenge you to disconnect from that. And then listen to this message as we talk about Thanksgiving every day. Yet here we are. This is supposed to be one of the good weeks of the year, right? If we labeled weeks of every year, Christmas week 
and Thanksgiving week are probably the two greatest labeled weeks. These are supposed to be one of those weeks. Most of you are probably on vacation this week. You have, vac- you have saved your vacation uh, for Thanksgiving week and for Christmas. Uh, so you've waited all year to take off. Many of you have waited all year to go Black Friday shopping. And now you find out you can shop all the whole month of November. is now Black November. Uh, social media, uh, Amazon and Walmart.com and Sam's.com. You don't even have to go there anymore. They'll ship it to you. All the fun's been taken out of it. But you know what? We can still be thankful and no matter what's going on in our world. Yet here we are with no Macy's parade, no crowds at the games we watch. If we ever have a reason to ignore this verse that this is a day that the Lord has made, let's rejoice and be glad in it. It's this year. It's this week. We should get a pass, right? We should get a pass in 2020 that we don't have to rejoice, that we don't have to be happy, right? I think the answer is still no. The Bible doesn't say rejoice when you feel like or rejoice when the sun's shining or rejoice when everything's great. It says rejoice always. Rejoice always. Psalm says this is a day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And despite what it brings, despite what it looks like, despite what happens, I'm told to rejoice. And guess what? 2020, this is the day, this is the year, this is the month, this is the week that the Lord has made. And guess what? We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. Today is all we have. Let's be honest about that. Yesterday is already gone. And I'm glad. Uh, Herbert Hoover football got beat last night. Uh, Claire is a cheerleader on the Hoover football team. And obviously with 2020, there's no buses. If your child has to go, well, for football there is. But if the cheerleaders don't have a bus. So if they go to an away game, Don and Kelly is the bus, right? And we had the privilege and honor to drive to Hancock County. Yes, Hancock County. The very tip of the state of the panhandle of West Virginia. A mere three hours and 48 minutes away yesterday for a football game in the rain, in the cold. Uh, Unfortunately, Hoover did lose. Uh, But guess what? I, I was there. There were crowds, right? And I'm thankful that I made it safely. And I'm thankful I made it home. Uh, It was a long day. And, you know... The funny part of this is Kelly doesn't have a Facebook. Y'all know that. So Don has a Facebook. And there's a cheerleading uh, Facebook page. It's full of a bunch of women and Don. That's right. I'm that cheer dad. Right? I'm the one in all the messages. I'm the one that gets all the bows and, hey, we're wearing red this week. Or, hey, we need your $10. Or, hey, do you want to buy candles? Or, hey, do you want to buy candy? Or, hey, blah, blah, blah. I'm cheer dad Don. Uh, As much as I don't want to be, it's a bunch of women and on. And I'm thankful, though, that I'm alive. I'm thankful that I can be a cheer dad, right? I'm thankful for that. And we need to be thankful. Um, but we go through life, and yesterday is gone. I, I don't have to live uh, that life, that drive, that, that long day, that rainy, nasty day of yesterday. I even took Kelly on the scenic route. I asked her on the way up. We left early, and I was like, you want to go the scenic route? And she's like, what's the scenic route? I said, you know, we could take Route 2. We can go through Payton City and 100 and Sistersville and New Martinsville and Moundsville. And she wasn't real excited about that. But we did that anyway. And it's just, we'll never do it again. But we did it yesterday. Uh, But I'm glad yesterday is gone. And, And you know what? Tomorrow is not even here yet. It's not even here yet. So all we have is here and now. And I believe that's what the Bible tells us in First Thessalonians. It tells us in Philippians 4. It tells us here in Psalms. The rejoice in today. Today we need to rejoice. 
Here and now is all we have. Let me add, there's nothing wrong with looking back, and there's nothing wrong with looking to the future. There's nothing wrong with looking ahead. But notice the key word is looking. Not staring, not fixating our eyes on the future or the past. And so many times we get so fixated on the past and we get so fixated on the future that we forget we're supposed to be living today. And I challenge you, we need to focus on today. We need to focus on this week. We need to focus on this moment. Why? Because we have very reasons to rejoice and we're commanded. It's Thanksgiving week. Even though it may not feel like it, it's still the week of Thanksgiving. It's not the burdens of today that drive men mad. It's the regrets over yesterday and the fear of tomorrow. Regret and fear are twin thieves who rob us of today. Robert J. Hastings said that. And I want to make a statement. Doesn't every day deserve a chance to be a good day? Doesn't it just deserve the chance? I mean, we wake up. Guess what? That moment in time deserves a chance to be a good day. Shouldn't every day be Thanksgiving? Wouldn't it be really cool if every day was Thanksgiving? I, I really like turkey. I really do. I, I would imagine Larry Bonham, I haven't looking, he's probably commenting right now that he really likes turkey too. Probably not as much as he likes on that calzone that he had yesterday, every Saturday at Graziano's. That, that I'm going to eat one with you soon, Larry. You're going to text me. We're going to eat a calzone together. I probably won't ride 66 miles on a bike with you because uh, I would have to stand up eating the calzone. Uh, but I want to hang out with you. But, you know, we... It, it, We may not think Thanksgiving could be every day because you think, hey, man, if Thanksgiving every day, that means my family's around me every day and I can't stand my family. You don't know my family, Don. I don't want Thanksgiving to be every day. But maybe the physical day of Thanksgiving, but the spirit of Thanksgiving should be every day. We should be thankful every day for we all have much to be thankful for. And let's be honest with ourselves. Some days are better than others. There are, that's just the facts of life. Some days are better than others, aren't they? This verse does not read, this is the Christmas day, or the Easter Sunday, or the Supercell Saturday, or the vacation day, or the first day of hunting season. The Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. It just says, this is the day. This day deserves to be celebrated. This day deserves our thankfulness and for us to rejoice. This is that day. This is that day. This day includes final exam days. It includes surgery days. It includes tax day. It includes pandemic days, election days, flat tire days, traffic days. This is still the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, let's be honest. Once we get the day part down, that God has made it, we read on that we are to rejoice and be glad in it. In it. Thanksgiving holiday for most of us causes us to stop and be thankful for what we have, if we're honest. We stop this week, we slow down, and we reminisce, and we think back to the days gone by, and we're thankful for for life experiences, we're thankful for people that, that have impacted our lives, we're thankful for turkey, we're thankful for football, we're thankful for family, and it, it causes us to be, be Thankful. Yet this verse tells me here in Psalm 118 that I am to be glad in it. In the day. Whatever I'm facing, whatever I'm experiencing, whatever is before me, good, bad, or indifferent, I'm still supposed to be glad in it. Glad, happy, positive outlooks, thankful every day. We struggle with that if we're all honest. We struggle with that. There is another word there at times we feel we should be able to change or add into that Bible verse. 
Some of us would like to change that into let us rejoice and be glad after it. Or let us rejoice and be glad when we're over it. Or let us be rejoice and be glad when we go through it. But that's not what it says. The Bible says rejoice and be glad in it. Whatever you're facing, whatever the situation is, doesn't mean we're thankful for the situation. It just we're thankful for, that we're still alive. We're thankful that we have a testimony. We're thankful that we're still breathing, right? We have a reason to be thankful. We have a reason to rejoice. We all miss it, don't we? We're supposed to rejoice and be glad in it. And right smack dab in the middle of whatever it is, when traffic is at a standstill, when airports close, when friends forget, when lines form, when deadlines are upon us, when we lose our luggage, wrinkle lines, unemployment lines, we're supposed to be glad in that? We're supposed to be rejoice in that? We are supposed to rejoice and be glad, not for what we're going through, but because of the one who is with us on a daily basis. And that's, that's the biggest point of this whole sermon. I'm not telling you to celebrate the pandemic. I'm telling you to celebrate who God is. I'm not telling you to be thankful that people all around you are, have, have sick and we've lost loved ones during this. I'm telling you to be thankful because of the God we serve and that he is still God no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're up against. He is still God. He's still Jesus. And he's, Jesus there, is there with us. And this day deserves a chance. Now, I won't, I won't lie. There's a lot of days I wake up and I go through a, a, a pretty ritual routine. You know, we get Claire to school and, uh, you know, Claire gets up. Claire is pretty self. She don't need a lot of help. Claire is very uh, routine and very calculated in everything she does. Uh, so Kelly and I just kind of get out of her way in the mornings and let her do her thing. And obviously I take her to school. Uh, Max and Bentley are the bus drivers in my house. No offense, Mary, uh, but they are the bus drivers in my house. They, they feel like they have to drive in the car with me every day when I take Claire to school. I could get up any day of the week and go anywhere, and they don't. But that on that morning, when Claire grabs a backpack, they know they're supposed to be in the car, and they're supposed to take Claire to school. We have a routine. We have a pattern that we follow. And, and there are some days that don't go as planned. And how many of you have ever given up on a day in the first 15 minutes? You've already thrown your hands up and quit, so this day is going to be terrible. Guess what? Give it a chance. Give that day a chance. Why? Because the Bible says we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Not for it, not because of it, but because of who he is. Thanksgiving every day. Rejoice in it. Seems weird and awkward to rejoice when things are not what we want. Paul rejoiced in prison. David wrote Psalms in the wilderness. Jonah prayed in the whale's belly. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remained confident in the fiery furnace. Daniel slept in the lion's den. Peter slept in prison. John saw heaven in exile on an island. He was cast to an isle of Patmos by himself. Yet he saw heaven in exile. He saw that. Could we not rejoice in the middle of our day? Could we not be glad in it? No matter what our day presents, I think the answer is yes. So I've got a couple of points I want to bring to you really quickly. Uh, Thanksgiving every day, what I call adjustment knobs. You know, remember those old TVs? I remember TVs when I had a kid. I always told people when I, when I grew up in Ashford, I only had three TV channels. One said turn to the other one, the other one said turn back, and the other one never worked, right? 
Uh, but you ever notice when you was a kid, they had to go up, and sometimes the frequency wouldn't come in right, and you have to dial that knob to get that picture to come in nice and clear. And I'll never forget Kevin. Kevin told me one time that he was his house's, his dad's remote was named Kevin. Kevin turned the channel. Kevin turned the channel. Kevin turned the channel. And, and we were a lot like that. We were the remote. The littlest person in the room was the remote. Hey, man, turn the channel for me, please. Turn the channel for Papa. But some knobs, some things we can do to adjust our lives to have Thanksgiving or the spirit of Thanksgiving every day. Number one, we need to celebrate each day. Celebrate each day. Not every day feels good, but every day is good. Think about what I just said. Not every day feels good, but every day is good. Psalms 27, 28 and 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts. And I am help. My heart exalts. And with my song, I give thanks to him. The day may be going, it may be unraveling. It may be, not, it may be headed in a direction I don't want it to go. But you know what? It's still a good day. It's still a good day and it deserves a chance. Each day is a gift from God. Things will not always go your way. There will be people in the fast lane with Ohio license plates on them. There will be hard days. There will be tough days. There will be not fun days. But nothing that eliminates this day from being a gift. None of that eliminates today from being a gift from God. Philippians 4.4, 4, as we said earlier, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I want to read that for the Message Bible to you. Celebrate God all day. Every day. I mean revel in Him. Make it clear, as clear as you can to all those you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up at any moment. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. The master could show up at any moment. Be ready for that. Be ready. We rejoice for a lot of reasons. Our kids, our families, our jobs, our sports teams. Some of you get to rejoice more than others, depending on who you follow in sports. Uh, But most of our rejoicing is based on outcomes. Or results. We don't celebrate losses. I've never heard anybody say, man, it felt good to lose today. Right? We don't celebrate losses. We don't rejoice in that. Our, our, our rejoicing in the natural is based on an outcome or, or a result. The Bible tells us we should rejoice just because it is today. And then do it again. That's what it says here in Philippians. Not only are you supposed to rejoice because it's today, it says we'll do it again. Why? Because it's still today. And we're going to rejoice. If we're all honest, this year, every day seems harder than normal. Our lives feel like they are on a holding pattern. And it's hard to rejoice always. But we're still here. You're you're still watching this sermon. You're still hoping. You're still praying. You're still believing. And you're still here. Sometimes that's our only testimony. Because I'm still here. I'm still here. Maybe that's your only testimony of 2020. But guess what? You are still here. And that's worth rejoicing. I'm still standing. I'm barely standing, but I'm still here. I'm still standing. And rejoice for that. Abraham Lincoln said, a man is about as happy as he makes up his mind to be. Number two, don't forget to thank God. Don't forget to thank God. It's easy to ask for things when we have needs. But what do we teach our kids when they receive something, say thank you. you. You try to whisper it, don't you? Say thank you. And then you get agitated to your kid. I said say thank you. Right? 
We, we, we impress upon our children at young ages that they should be thankful when someone hands them a sucker or when someone gives them a gift, right? I mean, we're getting ready to come up on Christmas season, and I, I've, I've, I think it happened one time in my house. I don't, I don't remember the year, but I think one of my kids one time said, is this all we got? And I, did, I promise you, that didn't end well at my house. That didn't end well at my house. Uh, we're supposed to be thankful for what we have. And we're up, coming up on that Christmas season where, where, where kids are inundated with so many gifts throughout the year that, that Christmas is, the, getting the gifts have kind of lost its luster. Uh, and they expect more, and they just expect more and more and more, right? But we, we, we challenge our kids to be, th- we tell people to say, you're supposed to say thank you, and you're supposed to say you're welcome. We tell them to, to reflect upon their manners and express those. But we as adults seem to forgot that in our own lives. We tell our kids they're supposed to say thank you. When's the last time you said thank you? When's the last time I said thank you for something I received, for some, a gift that I was given, or someone that opened the door for me, right? We, we like to shake fists in the car, right? We like to tell people, we're not happy with you, right? Well, when was the last time I said thank you, right? I've pulled out in front of people before, and I felt like an idiot. I, I just try to wave my hand, man, I'm sorry. Hey, man, I'm sorry, right? And guess what? That's okay. But we as adults sometimes have forgotten to say thank you. We've forgotten. I've outgrown that. No, you haven't. You haven't outgrown that. You haven't outgrown it. Because we tell people to say thank you because it's the right thing to do. When someone gives you a gift, it's the right thing to do to say thank you. In Luke chapter 17, uh, I'll kind of paraphrase it, um, verses 11 through 19. uh, There was 10 lepers and Jesus was, was coming through. And these ten lepers from afar hollered out to Jesus and says, Please heal us. Uh, can, you, can you help us? We need help in our situation. We're desperate. You know, and leprosy, is, if you've ever studied in, in the Bible and the Word of God, uh, you understand was obviously a very dreaded disease. Uh, it was uh, not something you wanted, obviously. Uh, they were colonized. Uh, they either wore black or dark brown uh, robes. They had bells on their necks. Uh, so people would hear them coming. Um, you know, and you could hear that, you know, we, you go to football games, you hear a cowbell. It's pretty, it's pretty evident. And lepers had to wear that. They had to wear, and that was signifying they were unclean. And people knew to stay away from them. And here we find them in, in, in Luke chapter 17. We find 10 of them. And, and they come up to Jesus and they holler from afar, hey, have mercy on us. And, and Jesus, uh, Jesus does. See, Jesus have, has mercy on him. Here's, here's what the Bible says. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Verse 14, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Verse 16, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, Jesus asked, were there not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Verse 18, has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise, go, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Think about that for a moment. Ten lepers come to Jesus. They ask for a miracle, a healing, and Jesus simply tells them to go and show themselves to the priest. Now, if you read in Leviticus, the only way you could be uh, released back into society once your leprosy was cured or healed through a miracle or through medicine, uh, the only way you could be released 
out of the bell, out of the robe, to go back and uncolonize and go back to your normal life was to go show yourself to the priest. And that's what Jesus was telling them. He just said, all right, you want a miracle? Go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says as they were walking, I don't know if they took 10 steps, five steps. I don't know if it went a half a mile. I don't know how far they had to go. But as they were walking, they looked down and they saw the leprosy was gone. One of them took off running back. I don't know if it was half a mile. He may have ran a half a mile to find Jesus, to, to, to dive at his feet and thank him for what had just happened to his life. Think about that. Ten were healed and only one returned to say thank you. Ten percent. Only ten percent returned to say thank you. So if there would have been a hundred with that number, if there would have been a hundred, only ten would have came back. With that number, if there would have been a thousand, only a thousand would have come back. And we look at that and say, why wouldn't they return to Jesus? Why wouldn't they go back to Jesus and say thank you? It's a great question. I think we can ask that same question today. Why am I not thankful? Why don't I run to Christ and say thank you for all you've done in my life? I don't need a miracle. I've received the greatest of all miracles. When Jesus saved me, I received the greatest of all miracles. If he does nothing for me ever again in my life, heaven is my reward. I have plenty to thank him for. Plenty to thank him for. But only one came back. And it breaks my heart. And it stunned Jesus. When you read that in Luke, it kind of took Jesus off guard. Where's the other nine? He even says it. We're not ten healed. Where is the other nine? Jesus knew they were healed. And I believe they were still healed. I don't know. If, nothing in the Bible says they were not still healed. But only one returned to say thank you. Only one returned to say, I want to rejoice in this day for the miracle you've done in my life. I just wonder sometimes if that 10% number is still true in our lives today or in our churches today. Are only 10% of us still saying thank you while the other nine go do their thing? While the other nine are busy doing life? Only 10% say thank you. I feel that status still real today. People are in such a hurry, such a rush. We're masked up. We're social distancing, yet we can still say thank you. We have much to be thankful for in our lives. Even if we don't see it all the time, we owe God a thank you. Every day of our lives. Every day of our lives. While we say thank you to God, here's what the Bible says in Psalm 100, 4 and 5. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. That's why I thank him. Because he's good. He's a good God. And I thank him for that. He protects me forever. That's why I say thank you. The Message Bible in Psalm 104 simply says, Enter with the password. Thank you. That's what it says. Enter with the password. We forget our passwords a lot, don't we? Kelly's parents and even my step my stepdad, my Dave, they they'll call me and say, Hey, do you remember my password to my phone or to my computer or right? So I've got to the point now, I take notes. I have a note on my phone with all their passwords. Because I have enough time keeping up with my passwords. So I now, I have a password for every item in this church in both buildings on my phone. 
I get a text about once a month. Hey, do you know the password to the router or to the printer or to... And I'll look it up and I'll screenshot it. Here's every password we have uh, at Living Faith Church. But the message Bible says, enter with the password. And the password is, thank you. Thank you, God. It's an amazing verse. Look that Bible verse up in the message Bible. If you have the Bible app, you just switch versions. And I want you to highlight verse 4. Enter with the password. And the password is thank you. Thank you. Let's remember to say thanks to God. Let's celebrate each day in the goodness of God. In a lifetime, the average American will spend six months setting at stoplights. That's terrible. Eight months you'll spend of your life opening junk mail. You'll spend one year looking for misplaced objects. Now, some of you may spend about ten years um, Seems like this is uh, increasing in my life. It was just the other day. I went downstairs. I went to the garage. I went all down the steps. I walked into the garage. I get into the garage and I had to stop. I looked around and I asked myself, why am I here? <laughs> I forgot what I came for. I stood there for a few moments, kind of looked around. Maybe I was here for that or maybe I was here for that. I don't know. I forgot. Got all the way to the top of the stairs, and I realized I went downstairs for paper towels. So I go back downstairs. I took a note on my phone. Just kidding. Some of you need to use your reminder. Put a reminder at the top of the steps. You're going to the basement to get paper towels. So you'll know. Uh, but I, I, in my own life, I see that that's happening more and more. It's happening more and more. Uh, two years of your life will be, un, will be returning unsuccessful phone calls. Uh, four years of your life doing housework. Five years you'll spend of your entire life waiting in a line. Six years of your life eating. Now, that doesn't seem like a long enough time, but uh, that number seems a little low to me. Every day, 8,000 people move to another state. Every day, we purchase 45,000 new vehicles. And every day, we smash 8,000 of them in car wrecks. Every day, we average 13,000 people getting married. And every day, we average 6,300 people getting a divorce. Every day, this is awesome. Every day we eat 75 acres of pizza as a country. That's awesome. I like to help that out. I really like pizza. And I like to try to, I don't know if I've ate an acre of pizza this year, but man, I really like pizza. Um, And we consume 3 million gallons of ice cream as a country. We're all really busy. That's what these stats tell us. We have a lot going on in our lives, but we still have time each day. To say thank you to God. We have time to say thank you to God. Number three. It's not too late. It's not too late. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. Was our opening text. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Verse 18 says to give thanks in all circumstances circumstances, not for all circumstances, but in them. We all talk about 2020 and we can't wait for it to be over. And I understand that. I understand. But in reality, we are to give thanks despite this year. We should have a thankful heart. Why? Because he has given us a thankful heart. It's never too late. You know, one of the worst feelings in a man's life, a man, a male, not a female, is an empty gas tank. I talk a lot about empty gas tanks. A woman sees it as simply as an inconvenience. A man sees it as a lifetime of failure. 
Unless you're Dina, uh, she gets a clean car when she runs out of gas inside of a car wash. And men see it as the ultimate failure. When we first get the keys, the first thing our, our parents tell us, make sure you get gas. Make sure you get gas. It's always in the statement. All measures of manhood are futile if you cannot keep gas in your car. I will not lie to you. I've ran out of gas three times in my life. Three. Three. Hannah actually ran out of gas one time. She's ran out of gas a bunch of times. But she got a brand new car. The very first week she had a car, she ran out. The very first tank of gas, she ran out of gas. You know what her answer was? Well, when the light came on in the Volkswagen, I had like 90 more miles. This isn't Volkswagen, Hannah. You don't test it, right? To women, it's just an inconvenience. We'll call dad. He'll bring a gas can. But for a man, it's ultimate failure. But I ran out of gas three times. One was after a new light and power scene at one, at one o'clock in the morning. I uh, was living in Bell, and we ran out right in front of uh, the underpass there near DuPont. Kelly and I had to get on a KRT bus. <laughs> First time and last time I've ever been on a KRT bus to go to my house to get a gas can, to get the other car, to go back and put gas in the car. Lesson learned. Thought I would learn my lesson. I was two miles from home when that happened. Uh, Easter Sunday. I'll never forget that. It was about 17 years ago. It was on an Easter Sunday. Terrible. I was heading back that way. I was on the turnpike between Marmette and Shillian. Guess what? I ran out of gas. And just outside the West Gate at the Institute plant, uh, it was lunchtime one day, and I went out to go to get some gas. And I was trying to go to GoMart, and I didn't even make it to GoMart. I ran out of gas. And each time I ran out of gas, I, I did not decide to call myself a failure and never drive again. I did not leave the car on the side of the road and never come back to get it. I went and got gas. One thing I do not like at my house is gas cans. I still got back in my car and I still drove off. We need to do the same. One bad day does not define us. One slip up, one I forgot to rejoice today does not stop us when we wake up tomorrow to rejoice and be glad in it. Theodore Roosevelt said in any moment of a decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing is the wrong thing. The worst thing you can do is nothing. Make a decision to rejoice today. Say thank you to your heavenly father and say it often. Not only to those around you, but to the maker of heaven and earth. And with this outlook, every day can be Thanksgiving day. And I want to close with this. Uh, I'm a big Petra fan, as you all know. And... uh, Petra sang a song called Thankful Heart, and, and that's one of my favorite Petra songs. It's not a rocking song. It's a, it's, it's a really soft song, and here's what it says. I have a thankful heart that you have given me, and it can only come from you. There is no way to begin to tell you how I feel. There are no words to express how you become so real. Jesus, you've given me so much I can't repay I have no offering. I have a thankful heart that you have given me, and it can only come from you. I have a thankful heart. Words don't come easily, but I'm sure you can see my thankful heart. So I challenge you this week. Let's have a thankful heart, not just because it's Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving, the spirit of Thanksgiving should be every day in our lives. It's never too late to start over. It's never too late to get up and dust yourself off and move on. It's never too late to say, you know what? I, 
I, didn't, I don't thank God enough, but today I'm going to start thanking Him for what He's done in my life. It's never too late. I know it's financially it can be a tough season as well. And we here at Living Faith Church are here for you. We're praying for you. We want to support you and help you any way we can. If you have a prayer or a specific need uh, that you need a prayer for, please reach out to us on the Facebook page. Send us a message on our messenger. Uh, we will reach back out to you if you want us to call you. Uh, we will do that as well. Uh, but we don't want to take for granted, especially when we're not meeting in this place, that we still have needs that need met. So if you need prayer for any reason, reach out to Pastor Mark or to myself. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, today we come with a thankful heart. And we say thank you. I know we're not congregated in this building. I know that it's hard just talking to a camera. It's hard listening on a phone. But we're still thankful that we have that capability. We're still thankful that you're leading and guiding our lives. So so bless everyone that's watching this, that's going to watch this. Bless the body of Living Faith Church this week. May the spirit of thanksgiving resound in our hearts on a daily basis. And we love you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving from Living Faith Church. We love you. We're here for you. You go with God. He'll go with you. In Jesus' name. Amen.